Welcome to the third episode of the LDS Mission Cast. I'm your host, Nick Galetti, and later we'll have an interview by co-host Kelsey Edwards, who interviews her mother, who is a clinical social worker. They introduce some great information that's something I wish I knew about when I served my mission. These are topics relating to mental health, and those particularly related to or connected to missionaries, or the ones that they experience more often. And after that, I interview a young man by the name of Tanner Bennett, who shares his unique story in preparing to serve a mission, as well as the special audio from that moment when he opened his mission call. It's really a heartwarming story of humility and sacrifice, and you want to stay tuned for that. Also, we challenged our host, Kelsey Edwards, as part of our weekly Book of Mormon challenge. So we're going to follow up with her on how it was for her to place a Book of Mormon, which honestly is a pretty difficult thing to do when you live in Provo, Utah. So we also learn about who she's going to be challenging for the next week's episode. And speaking of Kelsey Edwards, the music you hear throughout this episode was arranged and performed by Kelsey. But pretty cool, huh? But first, some items of missionary news from around the world. There were some fun stories this last week. Uh, one of which was the story of an LDS climber who recovered from a 100-foot fall and is now preparing to serve a mission. It's a story of a, a young man whose name is Brig Murdoch. He, uh, he told the local St. George newspaper that this fall that he had while he was mountain climbing was life-changing but inspiring for him. And it's really, uh, we hope to be able to get him out. I don't know if anybody knows him out there in our audience and can help hook us up with him, but we'd love to have an opportunity to interview him and hear his story. We have a, a posting of this on our Facebook page. So if you want the link to it, go to the Facebook page for LDS Mission Cast. Well, it's a truly incredible story about how he was able to recover from a very, I mean, a hundred foot fall. That's a big deal. And how that has impacted him going on his mission. We also posted on our Facebook page about how at the Olympics that are going on in South Korea, which is you know pretty cool and, and rare thing to have happen in your mission area, but uh, the Olympics are going on in South Korea, and the Helping Hands Center in Korea set up this, I guess it's kind of like a, a hot chocolate beverage and recharge your cell phone area for people that are coming to stay at a, see a, a, an Olympic event. And they can also explore their family history or chat with missionaries in a variety of languages. It's a really cool project. And I think one of the things that's unique about that is that after the Olympics were held in Salt Lake City in 2002, the world stage sees Mormonism differently as a result of that event. And I noticed that the church has taken advantage of these opportunities to share the gospel with people throughout the world. And this is just an awesome way to do not only missionary work, but service for everybody. So again, that story is out there. Some really neat things happening with surrounding the Olympics. And it's really exciting to see that the church is doing a whole bunch of stuff to get the message of the gospel out there and to be a shining example of Christian service. The last thing isn't exactly directly a missionary story, but it's that the LDS Church launched a new how-to YouTube channel. I think that's pretty much what it's called, is how-to. And so they, they launched it this last Friday. But the goal is to provide simple and practical help for real-life challenges. Now, that could be a lot of different things. Uh, relationships, financing, uh, parenting, a lot of different things. And they're going to be coming out with new content, I think, twice a week, which is quite a, a big effort. But 
The reason I bring it up here on the LDS Mission Cast is because the church, again, is providing so much incredible content that we can use as a missionary tool. And it doesn't have to be something as maybe overt as handing out a Book of Mormon, as great as that is. It could be that you're sharing a video from the church's how-to channel with a friend that might be having a particular struggle or whatever it might be. But here we have a great, great missionary tool that isn't, again, so based on religion per se. It's not, it's not pushing the faith. So if you've got someone that maybe could be benefited by bumping up against the church a little bit, then this is a great opportunity for that. So, so those are some of the great things that have happened missionary-wise this last week. Uh, make sure to stay connected to our Facebook page, as that is kind of the main source right now for some great and updated news stories and things that are happening from around the world in missionary work. So stay tuned for other great missionary stories as they become available. But for now, let's turn some time over to Kelsey Edwards and her mom. The hate that you've heard, turn your spirit to a dove. Hey guys, this is Kelsey Edwards. Thanks so much for joining us. Our guest on today's episode is clinical social worker and therapist, Annie Edwards. She is amazing, and I may be a little bit biased because she also happens to be my mom. <laughs> hey. <laughs> hey, mom. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Thanks for joining us. <laughs> We're so excited to talk with you today. So first off, could you tell listeners just a little bit about like why you decided to do therapy and kind of your path to getting to this point? Yeah, you bet. I've had a real desire to help people through the struggles in their lives, as you know, personally, we've, we've had a lot of struggles and have had some things that happened in our family that were really tough to get through. And they were easier to get through because of the gospel mm-hmm. and easier to understand how to find answers because of scriptures and things like that. And so I realized it'd be kind of cool if, if I could incorporate that into a means of helping other people. So I started thinking about uh, becoming a therapist when it was time for me to go back to school and pursue my own education and career goals after raising some really cool kids. <laughs> oh, gee, thanks. So, um, so where did you go to school? So I have a bachelor's degree from Brigham Young University in family sciences, and I have a master's degree also from Brigham Young University in social work. Awesome. Yeah. Okay, well, let's talk a little bit about mental health and why it's so important. Like, in your experiences, what have you seen are the benefits of being in a good place mentally versus people you've worked with that really aren't in a good place? Yeah, that's a great question. So the big thing is resilience. People who have better mental health have better resilience. And what that means is I can handle tough situations better. I can handle stress. I can handle disagreements. I can handle fatigue. I can handle all kinds of things better if my resilience is higher. And good mental health is a really important ingredient in how resilient we are when tough times come. And frankly, there's not too many things that are more stressful than being on a full-time mission. Sure. It really is. It's, yeah. a, it's a wonderful experience, but it's also very stressful. Right. And you can speak from personal experience, right? You had some stressful experience on your mission a little bit. Yes, I did. I, I was able to serve a mission back in the 80s in the Nevada, Las Vegas mission. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was an amazing experience to be a missionary. You have that time that you don't have to worry about your own personal stuff. You get to just focus on other people and their needs and then you got to come home and worry about your own stuff. So it's a pretty special time. Awesome. Yeah, I know those are some really great 
great thoughts. So you mentioned that it is a huge benefit to be in a good like state, good state of mental health. So what are some things that missionaries can do to practice good mental health, I guess? That's a really good question. One of the big things that we see, so obviously we're looking at teenagers because missionaries are going out at 18, 19. We're seeing an increase in anxiety in Mm -hmm. teenagers. There's a lot of reasons or the research points to a lot of different reasons, whether it's social media, whether it's use of cell phones constantly. There's just a lot of factors right now that lead to high levels of anxiety in adolescents. That can also carry over into the mission. So those are things really important to have in check. And when you notice as a missionary that you're feeling anxious, it's really important to get the help that you need, whether that's in the form of medication or whether that's in the form of talking to somebody that understands anxiety and how to treat it. Because we don't want it to be a crippling thing that stops people from this experience. Um, That being said... One thing that helped, or a lot of things that help, there's things that, you know, younger people don't tend to do, which is getting good sleep, (laughs) um, eating well, having positive relationships in your life and being able to communicate well. You know, those are all things that contribute to having lower levels of anxiety and lower levels of depression. Depression is also a real struggle when you're in a missionary. What are some things that you think missionaries can do, maybe some signs they can kind of be looking for if maybe themselves are struggling or if maybe they have a companion that's struggling? What are some things that they can be aware of or looking oh, for? That's a really good question. Because a mission is so hard, it's it's physically demanding, it's emotionally demanding, there's a lot of rejection involved. Mm-hmm. You put your heart and soul out there and you're teaching someone and then the next time you come to the door, they won't answer. Right. You know, there's a lot of uh, hard things about it and that can affect someone's serotonin levels. Serotonin is one of the neuroreceptors that our body makes to keep our brain happy. So if you notice that either you or your companion um, might be feeling uptight and irritable, that's something to pay attention to, especially if those symptoms last more than just a couple days. We all have bad days. We all have, um, I'm feeling a little cranky or I'm feeling a little bit blue. But when those things last more than a couple days or more than a couple weeks, we want to look at that a little more seriously. So for depression, some signs we look at is excessive tiredness. Maybe I'm wanting to sleep too much, or maybe I'm not sleeping very well at all. And I'm awake a lot. And that can be hard. You've got a companion who feels like, man, my, my companion won't get out of bed. And there's a tendency to maybe think, oh, he's just lazy, but it might be depression. Mm-hmm. One thing that's a little bit interesting about depression is that it tends to manifest itself in males more as anger, and it tends to manifest itself in females more as sadness. Okay. And that's not 100% across the board. A lot of females will get angry and irritable when they're depressed, and a lot of males will get sad. But by and large, we do see that distinction in the genders. Also, appetite. If you see changes in appetite, we might look at depression. You don't have the interest in activities that you used to have or the things that make you laugh don't make you laugh anymore. Mm. Those are all some really good signs that depression might be going on. Sometimes it's temporary, but sometimes there is a neurotransmitter, like I mentioned, serotonin or maybe norepinephrine, and then we might need a medication to help the brain process that more correctly. And I mean, I don't know, if, if a missionary is noticing these things within themselves or within their companion, what are some things that maybe they could do to try to like remedy that situation? Just uh, some like just suggestions or ideas. Right. 
really important would be to talk to the companion. Of course, we want the missionary to talk to the mission president. Mm -hmm. That's the person who's responsible for every missionary. And then the mission president will assess that and talk to the mental health people that are assigned to their mission and see, you know, do we need counseling? Do we need medication? It's just hard because you don't want to be that missionary mm -hmm. that tattles right. on your companion. So it's it's good if you can have communication with the companion and just say, hey, you know, elder or sister, I, I care about you so much. And I seem to notice that things aren't like they used to be, or I'm noticing some signs that something might be wrong. And a big thing that helps with mental health is empathy. Hmm. Empathy is that thing that says... I know how you feel. I've, I've been there and I get it. And maybe I'm not depressed, but maybe I've had some moments of real sadness. And so I can relate that way. And instead of me judging, I'm saying I get it and understanding how you feel. I think that's awesome. I think empathy is a, is a huge thing. It's, in a, it's a very important characteristic, I would say, for missionaries to have, not only with their companions, but with their investigators overall. But I, I love that because I think practicing love and understanding and empathy with someone who's struggling or maybe hurting is such like such a healthy and, and good way to go about it. It's such a Christ-like way to handle right. something like this too, because it's easy to... It's easy to get upset and it's easy to get angry, you know, when someone's like going through something difficult, but... um. Loving them is, is the most important thing. And it's also important to note too that like anxiety and depression, those things are not sins. You know what I mean? They're no. not, they're not a sign of sin. They're not, what is the word? They're I'm not weakness. For? Yeah. They're not weakness. It's not yeah. a sin. It's not a weakness. There's nothing to be ashamed of. There's nothing to be right. sad about. Like it's something that is very normal, something that a lot of us struggle with, you know? And I think that it, um, so I guess that would be another question is for missionaries who are noticing these struggles within themselves. What would you say to them if they are feeling kind of shameful about the way that they're feeling or shameful about getting help or maybe embarrassed about wanting to reach out for help? Right. I actually had somebody ask me about that this week because their comment was, you know, I don't want to get dependent on, you know, a medication or things like that. And I said, you know, you don't have the power to correct the serotonin levels in your brain or, mm -hmm. you know, you, you don't, you can't just like will those things to be better. Right. Um, you definitely can get to therapy and learn coping skills such as thinking errors. If I am thinking a lot of thoughts like black and white, it, it's always this or it's never this. Or if I'm thinking, if I'm always projecting negative things into the future, we call that fortune telling. You know, if I'm if I'm noticing thinking errors like that, I could I can put those in check and talking with a mental health counselor or therapist can help with that. So there's there's things I can do, watching the way I talk, watching the way I think for that negativity. And that doesn't mean I'm bad if I'm having negative thoughts. It means that I, you know, oh hey, there's there's some things I can do to maybe change the way I think. So both having counselors that can help in that area and medical doctors that can help in that area. So we just feel better. We all deserve to feel better. Right. Especially when you recognize it's a stressful situation. Absolutely. Yeah. And again, I think just it's important to remember, like, don't be ashamed. We all struggle. I was talking with a good friend today um, and I had mentioned to him actually, like, my mom's a therapist. And he was like, see, that is so awesome. I have so much respect for therapists. He's like, even I have a therapist, you yeah. know? Yeah. And you, you know, there's nothing to be ashamed of. It's, it's completely completely healthy, completely wonderful to learn how to manage, you know, your 
your feelings and your thoughts and everything. And I, I do think like one important thing to note too is that like while missionaries should be aware of and sensitive to these feelings that companions are having, they're not therapists, right? We don't want missionaries to take on the role of therapists. They're not the ones diagnosing or treating or anything like that. That's like what you said. You go to the mission president for help and then yes. he can assign or assess from there yes. with, uh, with people who are therapists. But I do think practicing compassion and love mm-hmm. and empathy for your companion is, is a valuable thing while also maintaining that role of not being... A therapist. Yeah, so. I, I actually had a companion that I was training and I didn't understand it. She was <laughs> depressed and she was telling me, you know, I don't want to go out and I don't want to track and this is scary. And and I just thought, oh, I can just push her, you know, and mm. I can just say, come on, sister, you know, we're going to do this. We're going to do this. And I did not know that I was making things worse. Interesting. And at one point she took an overdose of Tylenol and it was very scary. And I took her to, you know, the doctor and to, to the emergency room and we, they got her stomach pumped and they wanted then to send her up to Las Vegas to stay in a, a mental, mental hospital. And I said, oh, she's fine. She didn't mean to kill herself. She was just trying to get my attention and let me know I was pushing her too hard or something, you know, and the doctor said, people die trying to get attention. And that was huge for me when I realized, yeah, I was sitting here trying to fix her. That was not my job. That was not my job. Mm-hmm. My job would have been to listen to her yeah. and care about what was happening to her and, and to let her know I understood or to, to, to learn to understand. Right. Maybe say, tell me more about how you're feeling because maybe I don't understand, but I don't have to criticize. I can say, tell me more so that I can understand. Right. And I can love you anyway. And I can love you anyway. Yeah. I think that's that's such a valuable thing. And I remember you've told me that story before about your mission, about, about your companion. And that's that's something that's always stuck with me as like people really make um, kind of rash choices when they need attention and yeah. or when they're some, asking for help yeah. and connection. Yeah, that's yeah. really what it is. Pe- people sometimes make interesting choices when they need help. And yeah. so I think it's important to remember like this, just those steps of like let your mission president know if something's a concern, but like mostly just, you know, but love your companion. And, yeah. Yeah, do your best to love, 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 love. You know, the the thing that we run into is that a lot of times missionaries will go into the field not knowing that they have issues, for lack of a better word. There may have been things in their childhood that caused them to feel like they weren't important or their needs weren't met. Mm -hmm. Some missionaries give everything up to be members of the church. They give their family up. They give their opportunities. You know, they, and that can be overwhelming. And so those bad days can be extra bad for those missionaries because they've given so much to be on that mission. There may be things from someone's childhood where being with a companion triggers those feelings or beliefs that they have about themselves because your companion said something or an investigator said something or even a ward mission leader said something. Mm -hmm. And it triggers an insecurity that you have in yourself. It may not even be anything that that person meant to to say or or meant to convey, but it was hard to listen to. And so Mm -hmm. it brought up an emotion. So I would just recommend to Um, try to be more healthy about our emotions, trying to be more healthy about recognizing emotion in other people. Um, I think, you know, your generation is so much smarter about emotions than my generation was or my parents' generation was. I think each generation is getting more and more emotionally aware. And that's a good thing. There's also the tendency that this generation has to expect 
to have their emotions sometimes indulge. You're not allowed to say anything that offends me and you're not allowed to say anything that triggers me. And unfortunately, life just isn't like that. Sometimes we do just have to try to give people the benefit of the doubt, not assume they're meaning to offend us, not assume that we're being judged or being treated badly, you know, just kind of trying to give people the benefit of the doubt sometimes can really be an important tool in your mental health toolbox. I like that. That's really, I think that's so super important. I feel like for missionaries, that's important, but for anyone who's listening, that's an important tool is like to maintain good relationships, to maintain love and, and positive views of everyone. Just give them the benefit of the doubt as much as possible. Right. Recognize that we're all human. We're all doing our best. We all make mistakes and we all have things to work on, but we can give them the benefit of the doubt. Right. Exactly. Are, you mentioned um, your missionary or your mental health toolbox, which I think is a really cool little, uh, <laughs> what do I say, mental image. It's a really cool mental image. Um, is there any other tools that you would say would be valuable to have in that mental health toolbox? You know, it does. I don't mean to sound cliche at all, but the truth is when you are in line with the spirit, there is a happiness that comes with that that's like no other happiness. It's it's this beautiful, beautiful feeling that when you have the spirit with you and you're doing the things that you know are in line with your personal morals and values, there's this happiness. However, I think it's really important to understand that just because you're not feeling happy, that doesn't mean you're doing anything wrong. So there's two sides to that coin. The closer I am to the spirit, and the closer I am to being in line with doing what I know that I feel I should do. Everybody's kind of got their own little moral compass, right? Even though as missionaries, we all work out, out of the same handbook, but we also have our own moral compass of, of what's right and what's wrong. And the more I'm in line with that moral compass and the more I'm in line with my Heavenly Father and trying to be like my Savior and, and feeling the Holy Ghost in my life, the more I'm going to feel happiness and joy. Mm. But the other side of that is don't judge yourself that you're being disobedient just because you don't feel happiness and joy. So it, it's, it's two sides of looking at that issue. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for your thoughts and your insights and your feedback. I really appreciate it. Well, thank it's you. a lot of wisdom and I, um, I know I've learned a lot, so hopefully... <laughs> everyone else has too. Um, can anyone find you anywhere? I know you've got a special speaking engagement coming up this summer. That's true. Mm -hmm. um, I'm speaking at the women's conference. BYU has women's conference in May, and I'll be speaking Friday, which I think is May 4th at like three o'clock up in the Wilkinson Center. I'll be talking about shame and how we should not let shame get in the way of our repentance process so that we can be in line with the Lord and I'm really excited about that, kind of the idea of making weak things strong and not being ashamed of our weaknesses, not being ashamed of the, the times that we have difficulties. My email address is Annie, um, A-N-N-I-E, at Edwards Therapy Services. It's just like it sounds, E-D-W-A-R-D-S, therapyservices.com. And I'd love to answer any questions that people might have. My specialty is trauma. I kind of work in the areas of um, when people have gone through a lot of extreme pain in their life and have had really rough things happen to them. And that's another factor in the mission field is that a lot of the missionaries you work with may have 
tragedies in their life that you can't even begin to comprehend. Or maybe you are the missionary that had those kinds of tragedies. And I do know that the Lord helps through those things. I've had clients with extreme tragedy in their life talk about the ability that they had to serve the mission and how it how the Lord helped them through those things. But everywhere you go, you have people that are carrying burdens that you may have no idea about. And again, that kind of goes back to being gentle to each other, being gentle to yourself, being gentle to your companion, um, treating each other the way the Savior would, and trying to assume, I, I wish I knew the quote right now, because it's if you assumed that everybody you met is carrying some tremendous burden, you'd be right like 70% of the time or something. You know, it's, it's pretty high. It's pretty high. So yeah, that's, that's kind of my specialty is working with people that have had extreme trauma and attachment issues in their life and working in their relationships with other people. And so yeah, if anybody has questions, they're welcome to reach me. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being with us today, Mom. <laughs> thank you I've for loved. asking me. Yes, of course. So we'll see you next time. Yeah, thanks. Bye. Bye. Memories like a strong, hit me hard and go, go. So we're starting out with a brand new segment on the LDS Mission Cast, and our guest for this segment is Tanner Bennett. Now, he's trying something out for us in a way because he's going on his mission soon, and so he's the first one that we will be interviewing that is leaving, but I wanted to pick him because he's got a really cool story about some of the challenges that he had in preparing to serve a mission. So welcome, Tanner. Thanks for being here. Oh, thanks for having me. This is great first experience, I guess. <laughs> yeah, get used to <laughs> public speaking. Oh, yeah, for but, sure. Uh, so tell us a little bit about yourself. Where did you grow up? So I grew up in, uh, you know, Utah County. I'm one of those Utah County Mormons. Uh, <laughs> most of my life was spent in uh, Saratoga Springs. Um, but, you know, I'm just from around Utah, kind of just one of those generic brand Mormons, I guess, you know. <laughs> well, but you have a unique story in some respects. So let's tell a little bit more about yourself in the sense that you, uh, you're a musician, you're a composer. Right. How long have you been interested in music? So my history with music is kind of interesting. I started off as actually about 10 years old when I, I decided for the first time I wanted a career path, but I decided I wanted to go in the world of investment banking. Very different from music. <laughs> Very different from music. Um, and I had, um, I guess I have, he is still alive, but I have an uncle um, that's, uh, he's a stockbroker and property investor manager. I kind of turned to him and, and started to, to invest myself in that world. And um, I'd paper trade accounts and I'd be, you know, on my phone underneath the, the table at school and I'd be moving around penny <laughs> stocks and things. And, and I did that for a couple of years. At 10? At, at about 10, yeah. Wow, that's I, early. Yeah, I stole my mom's PDA actually nice. uh, when I was 10 years old for, I mean, that's crazy to think back, you know, but I stole my mom's <laughs> old PDA and I'd hook it up to our school's Wi-Fi and I'd just be doing things on uh, Thinkorswim. But yeah, and so I, I started off wanting to go into the investment banking financial world. And right about uh, about 14, I was, in, I was in eighth grade, but I, I lost a friend of mine to suicide. And it, it kind of forced me into perspective of, you know, what value I'm going to actually have in my work. And what, what am I going to do with my life that's going to be valuable to me and valuable to the people around me? 
And so I took kind of the expertise that I had and focused it on nonprofits. And eventually, I mean, I got I got kind of burned out from the the whole financial experience because it was stressing me out. Oh, yeah. Something fierce, you know. And so I just decided, you know, I'm going to go and do something that I want to do. I had my patriarchal blessing, and I'd always kind of done music, and music was kind of my thing. I'd done competitions, and I was a pretty accomplished pianist. But then I I had this patriarchal blessing, and they were like, you're supposed to go into music. Interesting. Like, well, there, there's my answer. And so ever since that experience, I've, I've kind of geared myself to, to go into music. Yeah. Well, you're very talented in it, and oh, you, you actually got a scholarship, correct? Yeah, so I... I got a couple of scholarships as the regional Sterling Scholar for instrumental music, but I also got the National Coca-Cola Scholarship um, and some smaller scholarships from from schools around the country. Yeah. And so here you are, knowing as you're graduating from high school, you're knowing that your path is music and you're, mm-hmm. you were looking at BYU, correct? I was looking at BYU. BYU is a really... Uh, BYU's been a funny experience for me, for sure. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, I was I graduated high school, and you know, I kind of had everything going for me at the time, and you know, I had my path laid out, I had money saved up, I was ready to go, I had all these scholarships, all of this expectation backing me, and you know, I I applied to BYU the first time, and I didn't get in, and so, but all, I had author offers, excuse me, from other schools that I had you know listed instead. I was either going to go to Kansas, you know, out east or um, California and attend school and that would be fine. But then amidst all this, uh, I found out that I wouldn't be able to serve a mission because of, uh, weight limitations. Which is not something most people are even kind of aware of, right? Yeah. It's, it's not something that's really discussed a lot. And, you know, my, I wasn't, you know, terribly overweight. I, I didn't look, you know, obese. I'd spent a lot of time, um, trying to really keep that under control and, you know, I'd earned two black belts in martial arts, and I was a MMA fighter, and I went running, and I had went hiking, I went to the gym, and I did all the things that I was supposed to do. I had a really clean diet, but I, when I went into the, the doctor's office, and they checked me off because they were like, you're healthy, your blood pressure's normal, all that's fine, but your weight might be a little of a bit of concern. And I was like, well, you know, Tongans, you know, they don't have... <laughs> that that big of a problem with with Tongans, and they're like, you know, you're kind of built that way. And so I was like, oh, okay. So I turned in my papers to my bishop, and and about six weeks later, they came back and they said, you know, uh, you need to lose weight. And so that kind of threw me for a whirl. Yeah. <laughs> so, Did they say how much? Um, I had to lose about forty four pounds. The Did time. they give you a time frame on that, or was it just nope. whenever? It was just whenever. It was when you lose 44 pounds, you can resubmit your papers. Hmm. And how? what time was this? What, was it October, November? Um, so I submitted my papers the first time uh, in, that was about the beginning of March last year. Okay. Um, I started so the process. 2017. 2017. I started the process in February of 2018 or 2017, right? But then um, I went to... Uh, submit my papers in March of 2017. And what wound up happening is, you know, it came back and it was about, it was about May that I knew that things were going a little bit awry. But about the first week of June after graduations, when I got, I got denied the first time. Okay. And so here we are now, this is February. Yeah. It's 2018. (laughs) But you, uh, 
put in the work. I did. You did. This was something that you wanted to do, and now it brought you to, was it January that you got your mission call finally? Yeah, January 27th. Okay. It's a day I I will never forget, but I mean, there were a couple times where uh, my weight, the amount of fat that I was losing was equaling the amount of muscle I was gaining, Mm. and so it was kind of an equilibrium, Um, and that lasted. So I lost about 20 pounds my first month, but then after from July to about September, I didn't lose anything. And that really, I mean, I was absolutely discouraged. And I I didn't know what I was going to do. And, you know, I all of my friends had gotten their mission calls. I was the last kid in my ward that, you know, was was left that didn't have a, a call in their hands or was was ready to go. I was really I was down on myself. Sure. Because, you know, I'm I'm in the situation where I've prepared really my whole life to go and and serve and I just I I I couldn't manage to to get that weight off. But then we arrived in October and general conference man, I got to tell you the church is true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what happened? Um it was the it was the third to last talk on Sunday of October 2017's general conference. It was a talk by Elder Ellis. Uh, I can't remember his first and middle initial, but Elder Ellis. And it was talking about how we trust the Lord and how the Lord trusts us. That actually directed me to a scripture um, that talk did. It says, it's Proverbs 3 verses 5 through 7. It says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. At the time that I received that and I listened to this whole talk, I mean, you should go check it out if, if you know yeah. you didn't really see it, but... He was talking about how the Lord trusts us with so many things, with the priesthood, with temple ordinances, with all of these elements of the gospel and the restoration of the gospel. And he talks about how we in turn are supposed to you know, trust the Lord. And hard things are what teach us, teach us how to succeed in this life. He brought up a point. He was a financial consultant for multimillionaires, you know, for years. And he was talking about the saddest thing that he experienced was when the multimillionaires would say, you know, I just wanted to make this easier for my kids so they would never have to struggle like he did. And he said, you know, I, th- I think it's funny how, how they would rob their kids of the very thing that, be- that you know, gave them success and yeah. drove them to success. And, and so here I am, you know, downtrodden and trying to figure life out again, get everything started. And I, res- I get this talk. And I get the scripture, and it's something I can hold on to again. And it really, that just, it pulled me out of this kind of a zone. And I kind of got this feeling that, you know, I need to start waking up earlier. I didn't have anything that I was really doing. And so, and because I was in, you know, kind of a slump, I'd get up at like 10, 11 o'clock every day. And not I, exactly missionary schedule. Not exactly missionary schedule at all, you know. Um, and I was like, you know what, I need to get up earlier. And the first thing that I do every day is I need to pray and I'm going to make my bed. And I decided that because I was reading this article about how if you make your bed every morning, the first thing that you do, if you accomplish the first task, it prepares you for a day of success. Okay. And so I I really just kind of turned everything over to the Lord. And I said, if you want me to serve a mission, I'm going to put in the work and I'm going to work until I get it. I'm like, but if I'm not, then, you know, I'm supposed to receive revelation concerning this. And with all of the things that had happened, uh, I just felt like I needed to charge forward. And so I did. And I mean, through December and 
Thanksgiving. I mean, my my family will attest. I was a really weird guy that was, you know, only eating the vegetables at Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> or I didn't even eat Christmas dinner because it was outside of this weird diet thing that I was doing this, mm. you know. Just with everything that happened, I mean, from October to January, I was able to lose the rest of the the weight, and I got down, and I resubmitted my papers um, with a weight of 273 pounds instead of, you know, their, their 270 that they were really wanting for. But I, I submitted it at 273, and I'd submitted it a couple of times before then in between that, that kind of experience. And, you know, each of those times it had been rejected. But I, I got close one time uh, in September you know, right before I got really discouraged and they, they said, you know, it got to the mission office and I was going to be receiving my call. It came back and it was rejected. But anyways, and so we arrived here in January. I resubmitted my papers Christmas Eve day. That was, it was Sunday, Christmas Eve day. I submitted my papers nice. with my stake president and I waited and waited and waited and waited and just stood by the mailbox, you know, every waking second. And then finally I got my call. I'm going to Taichung, Taiwan, speaking Mandarin. So you know. I want to play the video, at least the oh. audio from the video, <laughs> oh, God. because it's one of those things that when you see that people make these videos all the time, right? right? People showing their calls being opened. But it's one thing to know what you go through to get to the call. Yeah. Some people just don't understand it. So I'm going to play it. Okay. And then we'll we'll get your comment on it. Bennett, you are hereby called to serve as a missionary of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. You are assigned to labor in the Taiwan Taichung Mission. Now the the video part of this, you just get swarmed by friends and family, it looks like. Oh well, I got I get tackled by my two little brothers. Um and my mom like fights them off of me to give me a hug, you know. <laughs> so you hear you're hearing that again. Does it bring back those same emotions? You know, I I still get a little a little teary eyed about it because it's. I mean, I will never forget the second I opened my mission call. Uh, few do, few do. Um, but I'll tell you, being able to see the fruits of my labor and to know that I had made it through it was really about a year um, of really just working and struggling and going to the gym three hours a day and going to X amount of specialists and doctors and holistic health trainers, you know, in parenthesis, yeah. or quotes air, quotes, air quotes, and just trying to get it all to work out and it not working out so many times and getting so discouraged. What I will say is there is value in having good friends. My family was unbelievably supportive and my family did everything to help me. My friends, well, really my one friend, my, my best friend, uh, she really was there for, for everything. And she was actually the one that showed me the talk and she was the one that, that kind of helped me out of this whole situation. But when, you know, the For Strength of Youth packet talks about having good friends, I, I can't stress enough the importance of being influenced by people that are like-minded, that have similar values. Because thinking back on that video, without without all those people backing me up and supporting me, I don't know how I could have done it. Yeah, long time coming. Yeah. Almost a year. Almost a year, exactly, to the day that it was just an unforgettable experience. And, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of people that I've talked to where, you know, they were surprised 
at my weight because I carried my weight differently because I'd been in MMA and I'd built myself up to fight at a certain weight class. And so I'd built myself up to, to fight at a certain weight class. So I was wanting to fight in the 300-pound area, and I, I didn't look 300 pounds, you know. Um, and so I, I, I talk to people, and they're like, how, how are you not angry? Why are you not frustrated? Why are you not, you know, if, if I were in your situation or if I, I had experienced the things that you did, I would have given up, and I, I wouldn't have even tried. And, you know, sometimes I would agree with them through that yeah. whole experience. But looking back with the, the purview of retrospect and being able to see across everything and the reason that I stayed, I was able to touch more lives here and change myself more to prepare me for my mission. And so even though, you know, the experience was hard and I wouldn't wish it on anybody, I would never take it back. Excellent. Now, one last thing, because I think this goes to show your character is that your life seems to be a collection of experiences that really formulate who you are in a very powerful way. You mentioned your friend that had committed suicide when you were younger, when you were a younger teenager. You're still involved in that. That's still kind of part of what you do. Yeah. Her death, I guess, um, her loss um, really drove me to do a lot of things to, to try and help others in that situation. I mean, it gave me an understanding of how, how we can impact others and how we can change others. And so I became involved actually with an agency called uh, Hope for Utah, which is pretty well known. It's in uh, right around, has uh, about 3,500 members and about 250 schools, give or take. But it was a suicide prevention program that I got involved with. Um, I haven't been involved with that specifically. I've kind of split off into some more smaller agencies to try and do counseling efforts and and talk to people that are struggling with suicidal thoughts and things like that. But one of the many ways that the Lord, I think, directs our life and teaches us is through um, giving us people and experiences that are going to that are going to change our life forever. And so, you know, there were, there were things, there are things that have happened in my life where, you know, I became burned out with my, my first option, I guess. Yeah. Um, and then losing several friends actually to suicide and knowing that really just building a testimony that the Lord has a hand in everything and we might not understand it and it might not completely make sense to us, but just trusting him. Because if there's anything that I have gained from my experiences is that building trust in the Lord and deciding that everything that you are and everything that you're going to do and all of your efforts you're going to dedicate to him are what really drive success. Yeah. And it's given me an, you know, some excellent opportunities as far as music composition I'm working with people. I reapplied to BYU, so we'll see if we get in this round. <laughs> but just, he knows everything. And he knows all of the things we're feeling and all the challenges that we're having. And he will never lead us astray as long as we stay close to him. Yeah. What an awesome story. Okay. Thank you so much for sharing. And I think it's pretty safe to say you're going to be a very powerful missionary. And Thank you. I think the people of Taiwan... Are, are going to really enjoy your company and your spirit. So I wish you the best of luck with that. And I hope you 
stay in touch with us and any communications that Tanner sends to us, some updates, we'll post those at our blog at ldsmissioncast.com. But thank you again for coming in and we wish you the best of luck. It was my pleasure. Thank you. Hey guys, it's Kelsey Edwards on this week's Book of Mormon handout challenge. So I was nominated last week to hand out a Book of Mormon and I did it this week. I did it virtually though with a girl who follows me on Instagram. Um, She'd sent me some messages expressing some sadness and feeling like there wasn't a lot of purpose to life. And so I just messaged her back and I said, you know, um, I am not the solution to your problems, but I know that God loves you a lot and he cares a lot about your problems. And so I invited her to turn to him and to pray. And then I also um, shared with her a link to the Book of Mormon online. And I said, this is also a book that's helped me a lot when I've been feeling down or when I've been feeling sad. And, you know, maybe it'll help you too. Um, and she really seemed to appreciate it. She responded well. I hope that she'll read it. I'll follow up with her. But um, it was a really cool experience that reminded me that it doesn't have to be that hard to hand out a copy of the Book of Mormon or to invite someone to read the Book of Mormon. In fact, social media makes it pretty easy. So um, this was a really neat experience for me. And I just want to invite anyone who's listening to maybe find a way this week that you can invite someone to read the Book of Mormon, whether in person or on social media, because um, it's not too hard to just send a link and say, hey, you know, this is a book that's helped me. Maybe it'll help you too. It's a pretty no pressure, no stress way to invite someone to read the Book of Mormon. So um, anyway, I hope you guys will take this challenge and um, I will see you on our next podcast. See ya. So there it is. That's our second Book of Mormon challenge. Thanks to Kelsey for doing that. And so thank you again, guys, for tuning in. I want to thank again Annie Edwards and Tanner Bennett for their time to come in and talk about mental health, which is something we are going to cover a lot more on this podcast. Trust me, this is a really important issue and something that's relevant in so many different ways. And we do hope that uh, Tanner has the best of luck on his mission. We will bring in other great stories of missionaries that are preparing to leave and we hope to bring in some that have come home and can share some of their mission experiences as well because there's so much that we can learn and be inspired by from all these missionary stories and so thanks again for tuning in and make sure to tune in every week we release a new episode on thursdays and please also feel free to email us tweet us or whatever way you want to reach us let us know what you think of the show so far subjects that you think we should cover or people that you think would make great guests on the show we have a lot lined up we'd love to hear from you and you can reach us contact at ldsmissioncast.com or just go to ldsmissioncast.com there's a contact us page and you can fill out that form and it'll come right to us so thank you again for everybody tuning in and we'll talk to you next week show sitting next to you you have some weird people sitting next to you you think i did i get this sitting next to you after all i've said